Marcus. Yes. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America podcast. Please rate us on any podcast platform that you hear us. We are no longer, uh, you know, we're no longer, uh, what's that term? Um, <laughs> we're no longer sponsored by Ovid, but we still like them anyway. But, you know, you missed your chance to get a deal. Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> Life goes on. Um, this is episode 113 yeah. of Zebras in America. You know what 113 backwards is? Investigate. 311. And speaking of investigation, I recently saw a movie. Yes, you did. Um, so, David Robert Mitchell, mm -hmm. hot on the heels of the much celebrated It Follows, which I thought was an okay movie. Yeah. What? It was just like everyone was like, it's so deep. And I was like, no, it's, it's all right. Not. It's all right. So, not that, but go ahead. He. People loved it, so they gave him a bunch they of did. money to make a neo-noir film called Under the Silver Lake. A stone neo-noir. Well, oh, that's kind of cool. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. Stoner neo-noir. A stone noir. A stone... <laughs> Go ahead. You look, had to be there. Look, why don't you eat some cave-aged cheese and drink some Pinot Noir on a balcony, bro? Okay. I'm um, about to do that next week. So... This movie, it's just like, so it's like super quirky, neo-noir, L.A. mystery film. Yeah. Th that starts out small and then slowly builds and builds upon, you know, everything has a little, everything has meaning and things go here and things go there and there's different codes and different yeah. worlds. Yeah. And for me, I was, I was, I had the flu a couple weeks ago. So I was just catching up on all these movies. So watching this movie in a flu, theraflu, robitussin, fever stupor, it was a lot of fun. That's really funny you say that, because when I watched it, I had just got out of the hospital when I was there last summer. Yeah. So I was like still recovering at home, <clears throat> and I was in a similar fashion. Where like if I, just, if I just stood up too fast, I would just feel like I had to fall over. So I was in a similar post-sick sick post sick state you know when i watched it that's kind of funny um yeah it's just it's like you know it's inherent vice part two well which to no, me is kind of like work, work with me here man sure just work sure. with me here. okay okay so i sometimes it's fun to get lost in a movie with mythology yeah and you know you can ju you can go the classic way of of text where you take something on the surface and assume that that is what it is, and then there's the fun part where you can get also to the meanings and the secrets and the double meanings and the triple meanings and the theories. And I really enjoyed that ab about this movie. Have I watched this movie more than once? Yes. Am I in a Reddit group about the codes of Under the Silver Lake? Yes. Have I... Is the wallpaper for my Kindle Fire the hobo code? Yes. Do I post Instagram stories about codes I see on the street that I think are connected to the Owl Society? Yes. Do I think this is really silly? Yes. Well, that's fun. I'm not gonna. It's not a hill I'm gonna die on. Yeah. Also, it's not the only film that I'm in a Reddit group about. 
You know, right. I'm, I'm going to read a group about um, Rosemary's Baby because I still like looking at the little secrets of that movie. Oh, that's cool. I like old movies where you, where you press pause. You're like, what? Only time, I did that recently with Rosemary's Baby. I was, you know, because I saw Dolomite's My Name mm. and the guy Wesley Snipes played. He's like, I was in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, yeah, that guy was. He's the, he's the door. He's the elevator op operator. I was like, oh, I guess that's But, cool. like, I like watching... But there's a, lot, there's a lot more to Rosemary's Baby than that, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, uh... Why did I... Roman Polanski, probably one of his, one of his masterpieces. Sure, yes. Uh, uh, Mia Farrow, <coughs> Peter Falk. Mm -hmm. Not Peter, Peter Falk's boy. Close enough. John Cassavetes. John Cassavetes and... This Ruth Gordon. Ruth Gordon. Um, yeah, good, good, good cast. Uh, the Dakota building, famous mm -hmm. building where John Lennon was murdered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I just love those sort of movies where you press pause. Or even like, I didn't even know that at the time when I watched it that it was bootleg Rosemary's Baby. And no, I'm not talking hereditary, but you can do that with hereditary and Midsummer, And I have done it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. But... Devil's Advocate, which was like bootleg Rosemary's Baby, but mm -hmm. also its own thing. You remember that movie? Yes. Oh, duh. Why was yeah, I drawing up? I, I was don't like, oh, know. Devil's Advocate. I was like, yo, yeah. are you all right, B? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's a Al Pacino, yeah. Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves Charlize, Charlize Theron. Theron. Yeah. Um, and it's like he's the devil, or even um, Angel Heart with Louis yeah, Cipher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's fun with those movies. To press pause and be like, what's going on? Or what's here? What's well, going Well, you know, there? the king of all those movies, The Shining, obviously, sure. was like, you know. Even long before Room 237 two, came out. Three. Room 237 was just an amalgam and a collection of things that people have been saying for, like, you know, almost th 30 years. So it's like, you know. And as someone who, the, a big part of their presence on Twitter and, like, at this point, two-thirds of their website is, is about unco seeing Uncovering things. meaning and uncovering connections. It's like, you know, sure, sure. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch this again. So I... I now that you... I really enjoy movies that force me to do that. So I don't even need the movie to be very good. Yeah. Even though I do like it when it's very good. I, I remember renting Event Horizon and slow-mowing the scenes where they showed what hell was. Mm. And then trying to write down any notes. Wow. Or, or yeah, I like that shit. Or Dark City. You remember Dark City? Oh, of course. Uh, That's I, still a fun movie. It is. I rewatched it when it was on HBO a few years ago. And I got into it. I just really like that sort of stuff. So it's no secret that I love the show Lost, even though like it, it was a little disappointing. You reminded me of... Um... Kind of like how I am with one of my all-time favorite movies, Fear X, because there's like two key things in that movie. I mean, that, that there's similar. two big secrets. Yeah. I was actually even gonna yeah. say the 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 last two Refn movies yeah. are all about subtext and sure. secret codes, and I think they're not. Um, Only God forgives is not about what's happening at all. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I, I would almost. I was gonna say, like almost not not at all at, at all. Yeah. And Neon Demon is is oh, clearly is oh. clearly about a satanic Shit. ritual. That's right. You haven't watched the show? Not yet. It's like kicking it with the symbolism and whatnot. Even if it's on the nose, it's like so on the nose that it's like all right. But but I mean that in a good way. But with Fear X, there's two things. One towards the end at, at the big climax, there's like a big nightmare scene of just blobs and shit. But when he 
stop and slow it down, there's like scary faces that flash, just like Pazuzu and the Exorcist, there's all mm, these things. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie, the security, the mall security footage of his wife's murder plays as the credits are playing. But like, not and then even, you want to like slow like, it down what? and watch you know, all the stuff. Yeah. Or yeah. And, yeah, and it could be like over the top with like some of the M Night Shyamalan movies, mm-hmm. or it could be like pressing pause on the Blair Witch movies. You yeah. know, or even Hereditary when they found that that whole thing where you could see the sister's face in the trees. What? Not 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 Jesus. Midsommar. Sorry, Midsommar. There's like one scene where like the leaves and stuff you can see the sister's face oh, in the trees. And, yeah. Well, like Hereditary, there's like they they sort of show you that there's like all these secret little things, and I'm like yeah. we're, we're, I'm totally missing so many other movies that have subtexts and secret things and secret. Remember when I admitted on the show that I didn't like a while after we saw Hereditary, I didn't even put together the whole thing with the brother. Yeah, I thought that was funny because it's just such an easy like, and you're like, wait, you didn't? I was like, no, I told you, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, but also speaking of like really deep movies with symbolism, you didn't even connect the Devin Sawa. No, I didn't. I in, didn't. I didn't. In the fanatic, hi Devin. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Devin. What's your favorite movie? Seven? That's another movie with, like, little coats. Or, like, Fight Club. But if he's the kind of guy, if he hears this, he'd start, like, a year-long war with us. He's just that guy. Good, we can you. use it. Yeah. We can yeah, use fine. it. All right, yeah. We, I'm not going to say... Come see us, Devin. What? Like, we... Why are you so sensitive? We have, like, 700 to 1,000 listeners. Yeah. Like, we could use more, so, you know. We should have capitalized on that whole thing. When he made a point to show us that he unfollowed us. It's like, all right, I did. I said a couple things. Yeah, but like we could have kept it going. Because he's the kind of guy who would keep it going. And I'm also the type of person who would keep it going. So I just, you know, I think we let that slip through the cracks. I'm going 311 on Devin Sawa at a Wawa. That sounds like uh, something Fred Durst would say. Smack him in the back of the face and make him say mama. That's like Eminem stuff. Who had a beef with Fred And Durst, then you're listening to Pooey Tang uh, and then making a duty caca. Oh man, you're going super eminent, like today Eminem. Yeah. And then you gotta go, after you say a line like that, you gotta like tap your head like, yeah, Tap your deep. head. It's deep. Hi Doug, my favorite dance is La Bamba. <laughs> you ever smoke PCP? No. Uh, anyway, that, that was way too long. I'm sorry guys, I'll never do that again. But yeah, and The Fanatic, the, the yeah. Fred Durst film. Yeah where Devin Sawa played a character getting Stan, and he, the symbolism, I think, is that he played Stan in the video, Stan. This is another, when I was, uh... Or the DNA trailer (laughs) for the number. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) Which Detective McLaughlin. (laughs) Um, What number was it again? 21, wasn't it? Because it was the movie. No, but it wasn't even the number 21, though. Oh, then I don't remember. So, the battle rapper DNA... DNA. <laughs> I let the heater spray. He he he's interesting. He is. He he was making a short movie that was like a riff on the on I think Joel Schumacher's last movie, The Number Twenty Three. Which no, Jim he's Carrey. had a few movies since then. Which sh- <laughs> damn, he's had See, he's had quite symbolism. a few movies talk since then. Talk about symbolism. Number Twenty Three was a symbolism movie. Yeah. Or or another movie whose director I might talk about, Donnie Darko. Like, uh, it's just sure. fun to get yeah, yeah, lost yeah, yeah, in these yeah, things. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, it, the movies don't have to be good. Yeah. But sometimes they are. H- have you seen the movie Funny Games? 
The Michael Hanukkah. I've seen both movie. funny games. It was I, I I'll admit this. I admitted this to only John and Chris years ago of the Pink Smoke, but I'll say it to you that when I saw the American when I saw the remake, that's when I finally put together that the family before them, they they were this, they were being terrorized. Because in, in and then I was like they were like, Why are they acting the son was like, Why are the neighbors acting so funny? And it's probably because they were just the same thing was happening to them. And then I was like, oh. And I've been watching the original Funny Games for like a very long time. Not exactly 10 years, but close. <clears throat> I have my dumb moments in that. That was or a like very movie, spacey moment. Or like moment. the movie The Game. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Game's a good one. Yeah. So for me, like, it was like, all right. So, you know, David Robert Mitchell. Gets really stoned. He's like, yo. Totally, yeah. Yo, yes. dude. Mulholland Drive, Southland Tales, and Inherent Vice, they meet at a California sex party. And they go with the flow. They see what happens. Yeah. And then this movie feels like what happened afterwards. A waft of smoke. Andrew Garfield, known from Kid A, Kid B. I don't know. Boy A. Boy A. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Of all the movies, Andrew Garfield, like, Boy A, that is a random movie, that, like, Social Network, former Spider-Man. Was he in Social Network? Yes. He's the co-star of that movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was gonna get to Spider-Man. This is mad random that Boy A was, at, which is a pretty good movie. It's, it's a pretty, pretty good movie. That was the movie, well, I guess that's the movie that blew him up to more to bigger audiences, but still, that that's just... That's a that was a really weird thing to say. Still though, Marcus, why are you gonna try to play me like dildo? It whoa, it's just like you know, Gene Hackman of Welcome to Mooseport. Like of all the shit you could say that Gene Hackman was in, I don't know. I don't know why that. No, he was so also in that in that movie with Michael Shannon where they took advantage of the real estate crisis. Huh? You haven't seen that movie? No. It's mad good. What are you talking about? Hold on a second. Talk about Andrew Garfield for a second. Andrew, I think I think I know what movie you're talking about, but neither Michael Shannon nor Andrew <laughs> Garfield are in that movie. What are you talking? What movie do you think I'm talking about? You're talking about the Steve Carell, Christian Bale no. movie. Oh, okay. Oh, ninety nine homes. No. Oh, oh, never mind. Okay, for some, I thought you were by, talking about by it. Ramin Barani. Oh, never mind. Never no, mind. I never didn't. Mind. Never no, mind. I, never mind. No, no, that movie okay. is a different movie. It's a very no okay. All right, no, this movie is like a dark, dark movie. Yeah, you're right. I I forgot I forgot about that. Did you see homes. it? Yes, I did. It's good. It's fucked it up. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. Um, but yeah, Andrew Garfield of Boy A. Yeah. Or of the band Radiohead that made the album Kid A. Yes. But and yes, he I'm you know he did play Spider Man in the second Spider Man series. Yeah. Well. Technically the third, because there's like, well, or fourth, if you can't, like, there's the TV movie, and then there's the strange um, Bollywood movie, but, <laughs> sure, you know, whatever. So, he plays this dude, you don't really know what his deal is, he has no money, he's about to get evicted from his house in the Silver Lake neighborhood of California, he's obsessed with, with, um, conspiracy theories, there's a dog killer on the loose, which, spoilers, he might be. And he 
might be an actor. It's hard to say. They never really tell you mm -hmm. what he does, but later in the movie, you meet one of his exes who is an who's a famous actress, and one of his sex friends is an actress, and he starts gaming up this actress played by, I forgot her name, but she is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, uh, Riley Keough. Yeah. Who's, who, with the exception of It Comes at Night, and not to take anything away, but like she's kind of great in everything, even if the movies are okay or mediocre, or if the movies or TV series are great. There's something special about Which Riley Which one's It Comes at Night? With um, Joel Edgerton, there's like a mysterious disease that's like Oh yeah, that people. was a good movie. Sorry. I was also I know because it made me think of Cabin in the Woods. That was a fun. Yeah, movie. it's it's a yeah. Um, but yeah, she's re like she's really great in Logan Lucky. She was great yeah, on Logan, season one of the Girlfriend Experience. Logan, well, Logan, 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 Logan Lucky is um, a slept on movie that when people are like, oh, what's a good fun movie? It's like ah, if you ever wanted to know what like Appalachian Ocean's Thirteen looks like, yeah. Say no further, fam. Yeah. You're recording, right? Yeah. And, yeah, so he he's, like, sort of a ladies' man, even though he's, like, super stoner, weirdo. Yeah. And he goes around just sort of escaping the world yeah. and then having having um, hallucinations. Yeah. And the girl, he, he starts falling for the girl next door, and then she disappears. Yeah. And then... And then this politician gets murdered, and it very much seems that she was with the politician. And then he's, he, he becomes friends with this person who also is into conspiracy theories <coughs> in, in the neighborhood. And then you find out about these secret societies, and, um, and he's friends with hipster Topher Grace. And he starts oh, going to strange LSD parties and... Uh, Something that did bother me was that he basically um, woos every single attractive woman he runs into. Yeah. Which is interesting because, like, he has no money. He smells like skunks. Yeah. Uh, he gets... But, it, you know, in all fairness, that is a very, like, noirish trope of just, yes. like, the downtrodden, bummy-looking guy. But for some reason, he's, like, charming to, like, attractive women. Um so I'm not, uh, while that is bullshit, I'm also not too mad at that, because that's kind of like, since the beginning of time, uh, has, has definitely been, been, a, been a thing. Yeah. And so he's, he's like this dude that's got nothing to lose, and then, and then shit gets super left, super wild. Mm. You know, people start getting murdered, and he starts realizing that he's part of a super conspiracy, and he meets the man that writes all the songs, and he gets... And he meets this, 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 this homeless man who controls these underground pyramids, and 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 then he sort of by the end of the movie he's like, whatever, man. Yeah. You remember that Liam Lynch song? This is my United States of whatever. No. Really. No. Maybe if I heard it. The Syphil and Ollie guy. Oh wait, what? Was the it guy, on Syphil and Ollie? No, but the oh, guy no. who created Syphil and Ollie also had the United States of whatever or drinking out of cups? No. Maybe if I heard it, I, you I, ever I, heard, I'm not thinking. What are you, drinking out of cups? No, I don't know what that is. What? I know the Syphil and Ollie song, Fake Blood. It's like the real thing. 
which which is a very great song. Syphil and Ollie was like one of those shows that's hard to believe existed. Like Squirt yeah, TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Syphil and Ollie was so good. Well, mid nineties mid nineties MTV was just the shit. It, it really you was. You never heard Drinking Out of Cups? I think it's a song by it's a song by um It's a song by Dan Deacon, but the video I believe is directed by Liam Lynch. But maybe I made that up. I don't know. Yeah, it's Liam Lynch, you know? You ever heard that, man? No, no. Maybe if, again, maybe if I heard it, I would I would know what the, what, what the song is. What, the guy think he's an Indian? What, is he a goddamn asshole? What the fuck is he doing? Not ever. No way. Now he's Johnny Anastics. Oh, yeah, no, I, like, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Tommy Noble. What the hell is he doing? I've definitely heard this before. Think he's got it going, bossing over. No way. No way. Yeah, I know. Garbage? You just reminded me, so my fiance, my wife-to-be, by the time you hear this episode, I'll You're be married, married, actually. Yeah. Um, sometimes the age difference, so I was singing a King Missile song, and she <laughs> thought I was making it up. And I was like, no, this is, there's a music video for it and everything. Um, I was singing Detachable Penis. Yeah. And she was like, what? And then I was like, another day, I was singing the Martin Scorsese song, and she was like, what do you say? I was like, it's King. Remember the guy, the detachable penis? This is another song you had no, about wanting to kill Martin Scorsese because he makes the best fucking films. <laughs> and I had to play the song for her so she would believe. She thought I was making up. Yeah, it's like I tried to make it at home. It wasn't Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, it's funny. I've definitely been cleaning around the house, and, and, and I'm singing detachable penis, and my lady's like, like what? That's a weird song. You should r- record that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's a song. Or like, I remember one time she heard me singing, "Take the skinheads bowling, take them bowling." She was like, "Why would you take them bowling?" I'm like, "I didn't make up the song." Right. Look, but you know that I'm the sandwich champ. That's sure. Okay. I'm just letting you know. I'm the rap champ. W R A P. That's just an honor. That's just a, you know. I don't want bread, so I'll I'll take the wrap. Uh, that's just a glorif- that's a glorified burrito. Okay. I can't be the burrito king because that's gentrification, so I'll be the wrap king. Wrap king is reverse gentrification. What do you what? What are you talking about? Oh, fine. Then I'm fine with that. I'm having a wrap for dinner. As soon as you leave, I'm having. I'm cutting right, up some you peppers. You don't want to offer me dinner, so you're waiting for me to get out of I here. I mean, if you want, I, I'll make you a great wrap. Some green pickle, some green peppers. Pickles, really good, like thick, heavy CD mustard with some pepperoni and turkey uh, and a whole wheat wrap. No, it's going to be delicious. I'm plant-based for February. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I just really liked Under, Under, Under the Silver Lake, man. What, what was your problem with it? I ha- uh, I'll say then I actually have, I have a question for you, and I have a question because I know a lot of listeners personally who's, who've seen the movie and... and uh, I have a question for you. My, I don't... Look, there's terrible movies. This movie is not terrible. My problem, which kind of leads into the question, is... I think people who like this movie... And I understand... If you want to call this like a New Age cult movie, movie fine. I mean, that's what, that's what the Reddit page I'm part of suggested is. It is. It is. By definition. But like a lot of even classic cult movies, some that aren't that great... I think this is another example of people getting caught up in the mystique of the movie because the movie 
But you're also someone I feel like were you caught up in 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 the production hell that that it was and how no. long it took to co- see. So I guess that's a little more genuine. I think a lot of people who loved it follows were just following this movie and were just waiting for it to come out. And and then when it didn't come out, it was just like all oh, the studios, man, they're just ruining the movie and and they're taking and it's shelved and blah blah blah. And when it came out. They had to force themselves to like it more than what it really is. But now knowing that, I didn't know that you didn't know that. So no, now, but I that's know, interesting. Every single person I know was caught up in wanting you to like that movie so bad. I, I didn't like it. Follows. Right. I thought, or, or yeah, neither I thought, did I. I thought it was all right. I liked the yeah. music, and I thought it, I thought it was cool. But I prefer Cabin in the Woods. Whatever. But I, but I guess what I'm saying is, I I feel a lot of people are so caught up in the mystique behind the movie that, like, and surrounding it, the movie itself... But I don't like things just, just to like you know, it, like... I know, I, I know, I know. I think some... I, I like, do feel like I, a lot of pe- 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 people do, though. I, I, do. I found... I found um, Midsummer to be at best bearable. Ha! <laughs> I had to take a pause for that one. And and I thought Hereditary was was way more interesting. Mm-hmm. I just remember that Billy Cornish was really excited about Brad. it. Bradley Cornish. Sorry, sorry, Brad. It's been a very long day. It's not personal. Oh, that's okay, Scott. Thank you, Brad. Um, you know, I just really... I remember he was really excited about it, but I didn't know he why. Was. I know he's just like... He like... He... You know, he's a grandiloquent. He's a gourmandizer. He likes different things. And and then Carlo knows my, he 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 does know my my tape my love for disaster pieces. Mm. So he was like, "You got to check this out," and he's been telling me to check it out for months, but I was waiting for it. So, a disaster piece is is a movie that is got a lot going on with it. Tries many things, fails in certain ways, but I find super enjoyable. And could be a hot mess, and may also be a disaster. It's a portmanteau of disaster and masterpiece, like the portmanteau Californication, mm. um, which you know I got vibes in this movie because like how can you not think of the show Californication, mm-hmm. and you know like this L.A. world that you think exists, like listening to Warren Zevon and Frank Ocean and be driving a Porsche, right. Yeah. And being part of a global conspiracy, sure. but you know, like you know, I love Cloud Atlas, and yeah. you know that I love Southland Tales, which yeah. this movie has been getting a lot of um, comparisons to. And True. I don't think that's True. completely fair, because mm. but they're just like both <coughs> very dense, hard to follow movies with very strong reactions made by directors that were given maybe a little too much leeway after, and who have a cult pop, following yeah, have a cult following from their first mo- from their first movie uh, well actually this is his second movie no i'm just hmm? this is uh this was uh it follows was 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 his second movie oh oops uh, whoopsies oh yeah but you know what i'm saying just like a, a previous earlier movie that yes cult audiences you know loved because the way you're... T- and not, not just you, because you just I know you like Southland Tales, but the way people talk about... I was about to say the way people talk about it here in Vice. Uh, the way people talk about it under, under the Silver Lake, 
does remind me of how like Southland Tale defenders talk about it. It's 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 giving me all kinds of like de- deja vu and and, and reminiscences and, and and whatnot. So, which, which is what cult audiences do. Okay. No, no, it, it no. I, I I can explain easily. It's just that whole thing when like generally speaking, when a movie is just kind of like hated on by the general populace, it's the like. Hey, actually, nope, this is a pretty good movie, and I'll tell you why. And they just won't back down. They'll just continue to talk about it. There's, I'm not saying you're doing this, but there's always, there's like a hint of cynicism and jokiness to it. But they do genuinely like it. It's hard to follow sometimes when you're just like, a part of you is just like, do you really like this movie? But you know they do, but there's this kind of like weird way that they carry themselves about li- liking it. If any of that made me sense. But no, I do. Yeah. And I really don't believe in liking things ironically mm. i mm. like things yeah. and i'll stand by the fact that i think i like things that a lot of people find putrid and if someone is like i hate cloud atlas i'm not gonna defend it sure there's, i have lots of movies like that. there's a lot of issues with it but like <laughs> you know breakfast of champions i like that movie but it's a yeah. fucking mess. You should do a Breakfast at Champions episode. It that's is the movie a, I watched is, so much. It is a fucking mess. Yeah. You know, Kilgore Trout has never really gotten the... the. Well, I mean, I don't think Kurt Vonnegut really has gotten his due in film, but... Man, is uh, that... No. At all? Slaughterhouse-Five is a good movie. Yeah, I guess Mother right. Night's Mother a good Night movie. is a good also, movie. Also, which is weird, because Nicholas, Nicholas... Nick Nolte... Is in that movie also, but just like you know, because he's in Breakfast at Champions. I always thought that was a little weird. And Nicholas but, um, Nolte can <laughs> be a good actor. He is. It's not about can be. He is a good actor. He has ups and downs. Even his downs are like mem- memorable though, which makes him you know a, a good actor. Sure. Although I got to be honest, I don't think what two thousand eleven. I think Warrior is maybe the last like memorable role. He got War- nominated for Warrior that. don't get enough love. That was a fun movie. It doesn't. I think there there's one <laughs> one <laughs> one issue I have with that movie and it's like I'm letting it go because then the movie would half the movie wouldn't exist, but it's one of those things where like with with the Joel Edgerton side of things, it's like just move to a smaller house. It's fine. Like then you won't have to get beat the hell up and almost die and all. Just move to a smaller house. But other than that, <clears throat> I think I think it's a good movie. I think I wish it was a half an hour longer to have a li- to yeah have yeah more true. fighting and more story. True, because you know another thing about that movie, not to turn this into a warrior episode, but uh, Koba, the Russian guy played by Kurt Angle, when his character comes into like the last quarter of the movie, he's brought in in this like familiar way, like we're supposed to know who he is, and then we get it, he's the big guy, but he should have been given a little more. Um, but the best thing about that movie is, like, they have this, like, kind of brother backyard showdown where yeah. they don't fight. And I like that. I mean, obviously, eventually they fight. They but do, before, yes. it's like they, they, they meet in the sand. And the way they both kind of walk into frame, you're like, oh, this is, like, I remember thinking when I first saw it, I was like, oh, they're going to fight here. Like, unofficially yeah. away from people. But then they do fight, but it's not a physical fight. Yeah. And... I, I just thought that was great where it's like I thought they were going to go somewhere that I really would have liked if they did it. But then they went somewhere else that was like, oh, I like this too. And then they eventually did fight and had their thing. Yeah, um, but I, I really like when 
there is misdirection and you and they don't give you exactly what you think is going right, to happen. Right. Like in Under the Silver Lake when you are you think that maybe there will be a happy ending and really there there sort of like is no ending. He yeah. he assuming that everything that's happening is happening. Mm -hmm. He discovers this insane cult of like Egyptology where rich people create modern day pyramids underground with wives and they ascend. Right. And the woman that he meets is part of one of those groups. Right. And then he sees his buddy who writes conspiracy theories get, get murdered and he doesn't want to do that. So he and I think he just gives it up, which is and you know the more you explain, I think a lot. I think a lot of my aggression towards this movie is that it it is very similar to Inherent Vice. And that, yes, and but that's I, movie li I that, didn't that, like that really Inherent Vice that much. I know, I know, but what no? What I'm getting at is it's more just like you said. It just ends. Inherent Vice just just kind of ends, and that movie to me, talking about Inherent Vice, not under the silver lake, but that movie to me, really exposed. Not that there couldn't be other examples, but that movie really exposed to me certain aspects of Paul Thomas Anderson and certain aspects of Paul Thomas Anderson fans that I haven't been able to let go. So I think when I saw Under the Silver Lake and from the stoner, L.A., noir, blah, 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 it's so similar, and it is, to, to a degree, that I think a lot of my residue and, and inherent vice backlash did kind of rub off on, uh, on, this, on this Silver Lake. And I said this earlier on the episode. I'll, I, I could watch it again. I mean, it's on Amazon Prime. I don't see what... Or I hope it still is. Because that's how I saw it the first time. No, I think it was but, an uh, Amazon film. Oh, right. Oh, ah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. then it's still probably on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely coherent when I saw it. I mean, I know I said I was, like, recovering from being sick, but... Uh, but I like that haze. Yeah. Here's the thing. Definitely, yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson is, is like, a very celebrated artistic director mm. who, who, for me, has hits and misses. Inherent yeah. Vice was, was a light miss for me. I had a good enough time. Mm. But he was also going... He was really leaning into... Like the pretension, in that, um, that reminds me. What's up with Darren Aronofsky? What's he oh. done since Mother? That's another movie that was like hidden things. I don't know. I mean, he's a guy though. He'll he can, he can still. I don't know. It's a good question. I might have to look that up after he, this episode. You know, I'm still a little curious. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's got skills. Speaking of which, yeah. um, that Tree of Life movie he did, I really liked. Oh, the fountain. Yeah, the fountain. I liked it. I'm, is it not a hill I'm gonna die on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, Jupiter Ascending by the Wachowskis. I liked. I'm really excited that The Matrix Four and John Wick Four are coming out at the same day. Yeah, I'm, and in the same year as Bill and Ted Three. Well, that's the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, the three. Yeah. Uh, there's something about seeing, especially since I've saw the premise that it's that it's like they haven't changed the world with their music yet. <laughs> Yeah. That's what makes me really excited. Yeah. I like the idea of I like the idea of like revisiting characters where you think they're gonna succeed and they don't. Like John Updike with the with the rabbit <coughs> with the rabbit series of books where you follow this dude throughout his life and you know, if you end the story here it you think of it ends one way and if you continue maybe it doesn't. Yeah. 
Or Clerks 2, to a certain degree. Yeah. Who and pop up, you know, and prior to Clerks 2, you see them pop up in um, Dogma, you see them pop up in Jane and Bob Strike Back, and they're like still at the quick stop. And you know? Dante's character, I believe, shows up in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I, for a while, the 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 other the other actor, ha- had some issues with Kevin Smith. Oh, so, did he? Yeah, that's why Clerks Three was never made. Oh, yeah. But they that. made up, and they're going to make Clerks Three. And I'm just waiting for Jay and Silent Bob reboot to to be able for me to watch. Right. Because I I really want to watch it, even though it didn't get great reviews. Yeah. I want to watch it. I think that's pretty... I think Kevin Smith... at this, I mean, what? 26 years later? Oh, you can rent it. I think that... Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Like, every move... Like, Kevin Smith... There's just something about... With certain critics that... He, he He's not the first. He's not the OG person. No. But he is a, he's an innovator. He's a pioneer of people just who like to blindly... He, he predated, like, Shyamalan. I guess the difference is that, like, Shyamalan... The Shyamalan hate went from critics to people, whereas, like, Kevin Smith... Even, like, there's a nice handful of Kevin Smith movies that, if you don't like it, fine. But I may make my piece where it's like, ah, I don't know about that. Like, I'll... Up to a point, I'm not going to give myself a headache, but I'll defend, like, a Mallrats, even Chasing Amy, maybe Dogma, st- st- stuff like that. But I, I, I say all that to say, I think a bad Kevin Smith review is to be expected... He's one of those filmmakers, no, not most filmmakers, I don't care if you've got a bad or good review, but he's someone where I don't, I don't know if I've ever read a review of a Kevin Smith movie in, in my life, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I will also, because, like, like, I also just don't care. I'm going to watch sure. it, and I'll like it, or I won't like it, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. What, I, what I'm trying to say is, so, um, Paul Thomas Anderson went, he really deep, he... He fully leaned into his pretension that people think of him because I don't know that he thinks he's pretentious, but he's, he's got to know he's he's, you know what he's not he's cocky. Uh, whatever. But go ahead. I mean, there's a thin line. Yeah. Uh, he fully leaned into it by also making the first, you know, not uh, adaptation of a novel of Thomas Pynchon. Yeah. Who's also a a writer who, there's two pictures of him, ever. Yeah. Right. And. And his is very reclusive, and his text is can be hard to understand, right. and you know it is it can be co- you know complex text, where where this one I felt like was more like was um, under Silver Lake was more thinking about like Raymond Chandler, mm. it's like a more like working man's detective, hard boiled noir, <laughs> or with the fun. Of a kiss, kiss, bang, bang, which does not get enough love. No, uh, it doesn't. But there, there, there was a nice, there was there was a nice group of day one people that are still around, and I think um, even when um, once, Robert Downey Jr. was on was on Joe Rogan recently, he was like, "That's a oh, movie. I need to listen to that." That's a movie that that got me back in people's graces. He was like, "It's a movie it's that true. people haven't seen True. enough of," but it was sort of proof of concept that I still had it. I also think once Nice Guys came out, mm. yeah, one officially a little bit of a little bit of Iron Man too, but once Iron Man Nice Guy, huh? Iron Three, Man Jesus. Three. Once the best Iron Man yeah. movie. Once once that came out, I think people were just like, oh shit! Like older folks, people like us, and even older get it. But I think some folks were like, oh Shane, Bl-. I think 
nice guys hit the light bulb in a lot of pe people's brains are like, yeah. oh, let's go back. Oh, I, oh, and like a lot of stuff just connected. Yeah, I, I think nice so. guys gave me a gigantic panic attack. No, but in a good way. No, no. I, I mean, I think it was a good movie, but. Yeah. But like the violence and intensity was so. Yo, much. yeah, I think for they me, went for it was it was just unexpected. It was just like, some, some of it was unexpected, You're but like, also oh, no. Going back, who, <clears throat> where the hell was I? I was having a talk with some people about comedic. Oh, it was with my. Uh, it was about it was with my in laws, where um, <clears throat> we were talking about comedic performances. I watched the, I saw Nice Guys in the theater. I hadn't thought I liked it, but I didn't I didn't watch it again for another two years. And then when I saw it in two thousand eighteen. I forgot how goddamn funny Ryan Gosling is in that movie. He can be. But not but not all the, the, the stuff you see in the trailer. Not, oh, I'm in the bathroom stall and I'm pointing again. No. It's the it's like the scene when he's being he's being sarcastic. He's trying to keep up appearances where they're in Kim Basinger's office and then she's like, uh, my organization, we're we're on a crusade to stop pornography. And then Ryan Gosling like looks at he's like, Thank you. And he has this like stone face. He's like, Thank you. I don't know why that <laughs> shit like that is really funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to. Um, I'm really trying because I just really like Under the Silver Lake, and it's fun. I want to go back to like so. One thing that was really cool in the movie is the use of of the hobo guide. Uh huh. So back in the day, well, back in the day of like the car like the people that Kerouac wrote about and the people that the Beats wrote about because they weren't really they were hanging. They were hobo adjacent more so. I mean, I'm sure they did some some hobo stuff. Sure. But, you know, as far as like jumping on trains and shit. Though, uh, was it Path of Glory? No, Bound for Glory. The Hal Ashby movie about um, Woody Guthrie mm -hmm. is excellent. Mm. I have not seen that. And he was so. hobo adjacent. Mm -hmm. So, there were codes of, you know, this is a place where, you, where it's safe. This is a place where you can find shelter. There are cops around. There's a doctor and so they used the hobo code in the movie and it reminded me of this really excellent book called um, You Can't Win by, by a writer named Jack Black not, not the musician Jack Black sure. but it's from 1926 and it's about Jack Black this character, his life on the road and his prison and going to jail and Traveling on trains and mm -hmm. making friends and losing friends and, hmm. and it's really, really messed up and beautiful and sad mm -hmm. and very, very. It, it did influence a lot of the beats. And you know, he's like, it's like there's a lot of like finding safes and fencing and and dealing with addictions. And it, it used to be a hard-to-find book. My friend got it for me for my birthday a few years ago. No, like 10 years ago. Because mm -hmm. they thought that I would like it. And um, it was... It, they, were supposed to, they were supposed to make a movie uh, directed by Michael Pitt. But, but, but uh, I, I'm not sure it ever came out. Really? Yeah. Michael Pitt? Oh. Producing oh, wow. star, yeah. Okay. But I, I think it just never came out. He And speaking, you're we just talking about Michael Pitt in a way because he was in um, the Haneke movie. Oh, yeah, Funny Games. Yeah. yeah. And um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which is... And Bully. Yeah. Which, Bully is a movie I don't like so much. And Hedwig the, the Angry Inch, 
is a movie I've been thinking about recently because some of the music is some of the some of the, it's sort of a theme in the show Sex Education, which yeah, is no. which is a show I I just I I've really like. Yeah. It's good. I talked about it like two episodes ago, I think. In a weird way, Hedwig and the Angry Inch to me is kind of it's about Jazzo and Jay Z. Oh wow. <laughs> Minus certain things, but it's yeah, like it's obviously, very, and not that that, and, and that to some degree, it's like a tale of time. But like, there's certain specific things that Jazzo has done that's very similar to Hedwig. Once Johnny Nossus slash Jay Z became uh, pop popular, yeah, I think Jazzo would not appreciate hearing that. But no, on his way home on the on the J M or Z train. Well, it's not. It's Sorry. not talking about. It's not talking about. It's talking about like the the persona, not not the romance part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from what I understand, like I thought this movie, "You Can't Win," was made like five years ago. So I don't know what what's going on. So if y'all know, if anyone knows what's going on with the film version of "You Can't Win," I really want to watch it because I love the book and Michael Pitt can be confusing, but. You know, that's the best way to put it. Yo, because also he like looks confused, and he's like in last days looking confused. Yeah. You know, Um, and uh, yeah, it's sad. Jay Z and and Jazzo. Sad for Jay Jay Z. There's nothing sad about Jay Z. No. 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 Me Jazzo. I wonder what Jazzo's up to right now. Nah, my mind just went a bunch of places. Oh, well... Yeah, I think we should stop before I say something mean. Well, yeah, I just want to say, guys, let me know what you think about this movie. Carlo, thank you for for, uh, pushing me to check it out. Um, Yeah, I hope you guys like these uh, two episodes back-to-back of us doing our best of staying on the topic. Don't worry, we'll be start talking about baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball.
Turks and the Ottomans While the Arab dreaming of oxygen And the British and the French double deal If the wall don't talk while they dreaming of dominance I'm anonymous, there's a lot of things I never really wanted And you know what the problem is If the world don't stop, all you got is your oil and your ports And the words of economists Which thought when you called to the Middle East With your eyes on the prizes in Tripoli Till it all went down and the walls fell down And the guards were heavier from Italy All the people need food, not bombs Not a world with a new dark home Never ever trickle down if I never bring a child in the universe I'll give you my shit. 